The following podcast is an excerpt from Jennifer's new podcast called Room for Two. This podcast features coaching sessions with real clients who are working through issues in their emotional and sexual relationships. You'll get to hear real wisdom from Dr. Finlayson Fife, who is uniquely qualified to help couples who grew up in sexually conservative environments to overcome their relational and sexual roadblocks. The podcast can be downloaded and listened to at any time, making it convenient to access Dr. Finlayson Fife's work and insights. If you want to learn more about this new podcast, follow the link in the show notes below to visit the website and subscribe. On November 5th at noon mountain time, Jennifer will be holding a live Q&A to answer all of your questions about the Room for Two episodes. This will be held in the exclusive Facebook group for annual subscribers to the Room for Two podcast. So if you aren't an annual subscriber yet, make sure you sign up today. The couples in this series are not ongoing clients of Dr. Finlayson Fife. To ensure their anonymity, their names and identifying features have been changed, but their stories and their voices are real. Welcome to Room for Two, Couples Coaching with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife. So hi, Rick and Sarah. Hi. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, Tell me how... I can be helpful, like what you'd like me to help you think through. I've been really struggling lately with the realization that growing up, mm-hmm. I've always felt like as a good LDS girl, it was my job to control what the boys were thinking and feeling and as far mm-hmm. as sexuality. And I've realized that it's come up with us in our relationship in that mm-hmm. If I really embrace my sexuality, that it's going to send mm. off the rails or, you know, like, right. It's like you're leaving your post. Yeah. what you're afraid of. Yes. yes. And, yeah. and so it's my job to have the brakes on. Like, yes, I, I need to have the brakes or else we'll just, mm-hmm. you never know what's going to yes. happen with Rick. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. So very normal. <laughs> I'll tell you that because yeah, just for context, if women are learning that men's sexuality is barely under their control, if it is, and therefore it's half their job to handle it, then a lot of women I work with do feel that feeling, that sense that I can't embrace my sexuality. I can't let go because who's going to be managing my husband? So they just operate as the brakes all the time to their detriment and the detriment of the marriage, really. And the other idea is that whenever you teach women that they're half responsible for men's sexuality, in addition to what you're talking about that effect, it gives you this idea that men's sexuality and men are implicitly not trustworthy. So it all that's another layer of like, can I really open up? Can I be myself? Because I've learned my whole life that men don't or won't take full responsibility for themselves. And so that's just another piece in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've told her that her fears are somewhat justified in a way because I certainly haven't been a good steward of mm-hmm. my sexuality during mm-hmm. our, our marriage. Um, I've behaved poorly. I've been indulgent. I've been pressuring. I've I've done plenty of things to feed yeah. in those feelings uh, and her into that's yeah. Yeah, that maybe in a way you could actually um, take advantage of that 
framing that, you know, I don't have to sustain my own weight. I can use the idea that I'm a guy and that I have needs to pressure and or be somewhat reckless. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, which is exactly the way that this often happens for people. It sets itself up into a a kind of self-reinforcing pattern. So, Sarah, if you feel like he's not handling it, not only did I learn those lessons, but where's this going to go if I do take off the brakes? And then if on Rick's side, you're feeling like my wife has just always got the brakes on, poor me, then it's easier to justify being indulgent. I mean, you may not be there now, but certainly for a lot of people in that pattern, then it feels more like I'm a victim of my wife's low desire. And I, you know, I'm a guy, so I have some latitude to be indulgent. So tell me how it's showing up for you guys now, or like, what do you, first of all, do you resonate with what I'm saying? Does it yeah. fit? And yeah. Um, so I took your art of desire class. It's been probably four years. So like early in our journey, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I don't think I was quite ready for it. Mm-hmm. She took it because I twisted her arm to take it because I thought that (laughs) right exactly. Uh, Get the wife fixed, everything will be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it gave me a little bit of permission to to change my thinking on it. But I don't think that I've been able to actually act on Mm -hmm. on what I learned and Mm -hmm. accept it. Okay, so would it be most helpful, do you think, to just kind of think through kind of what your breaks are about at this point and and what you're trying to figure out for yourself around that? Sarah, does that feel like a helpful yeah. focus? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what what actions? I, yeah. I don't know how to <laughs> yeah. forward. Okay, perfect. That's good. Give me a picture of what's happening inside of you a little bit. Like, where do you feel the brakes coming down? Are you kind of putting brakes on yourself, having any sexual thoughts or feelings? Is it, you I know? Think it's more acting on them. So, uh-huh. you know, like, during the day, I'll think, oh, tonight would be a great night to be intimate. And then I think, oh, no. <laughs> like, when the time comes, it's just like, I can't. Okay, perfect. So tell me what happens when the time comes. Like what, what's the, I can't see if you can articulate it. (laughs) It's fine. It might be hard to to put it into words because it's more visceral, but Mm -hmm. see if you can think about what you're trying to get away from or. I, I like to have a lot of control. I have, anxiety and I think it's getting better but if I initiate or pursue it then I don't have I don't have full control over him I guess and I well uh-huh. well I that's that's perfect keep thinking through that for a minute like yeah. you're saying somehow if I'm in response to him that's that feels safer somehow yes. than if I actually say Hey, this is my idea. Yeah. Okay. So let's just keep thinking through that because mm-hmm. everything always makes sense, just so you know. <laughs> so there's always a sense in it. <laughs> so as we dig through, you'll you'll figure out the sense. But yeah, so keep thinking about that. What why would your initiation then somehow afford you less control? Do you think? In some ways it's like you put the ball in my court. 
if you put yourself out there like that. Mm. I don't know. Say more about that, Rick. Like how, I mean, I know this is kind of your guess at it, but say what you perceive about it. Um, maybe just the, the exposure, the vulnerability of asking for something and then putting that control into my hands of how I'm going to receive it and what I'm going to do with it. Like she's, she's passed mm. me the ball. Mm-hmm. She, she's used to only receiving passes from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have like the right of refusal. If, if, if Rick's handed it to you, you have the right of refusal yeah. and you kind of maybe retain it through the experience. You can say no, you can. Yeah. But you're saying if I initiate, well, I've kind of lost yeah. my ability to say no. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's really big. I just think that's been a big step in our relationship with him, like having the ability to say no. Yeah. Made it easier to say yes when he does initiate or. Yeah. So. You have more confidence in your ability to continue to have a choice mm-hmm. with Rick. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that something's shifted between you where that's gotten clearer and you feel more like if I'm open to it, it doesn't mean I've now cast my vote. Right. Yes. So a lot of people struggle with this idea. Like if I somehow say yes at all and then he's aroused, well, now I don't any longer really have a choice which is a big problem because then you never say yes, because who wants to like (laughs) lose their ability to control their own choices at any point. But you're now saying what you're being clarifying is that if I initiate, it's not as clear for me that I still have that. Mm -hmm. For sure. So just think about that a little more. Like why would you then lose your ability to have different feelings about it 10 minutes in or or a different ability to like say what you want? Mm hmm. Do you have a sense of what in your mind would make you think you don't? Probably just past experiences, even though I I know it's different now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think say say in what way? Like what what in your mind could you imagine happening because it's happened before or maybe pressure to do things that I'm not comfortable with or mm-hmm. really in like I have to say yes. Oh, it's because I initiated now. Yes. Now I really, oh yeah. Now the, now the, <laughs> but, uh-huh. but I feel like that has changed so much. Uh-huh. But it, yeah, it's still there. That It's still there. Still there. Yeah. So I, I think how I might think about this, if I were you, is more important than if we have sex is my ability to acknowledge what I desire And to keep being able to be true to myself while I interact with Rick. That's more important than whether or not intercourse happens. Mm -hmm. That's more important than whether or not Rick's disappointed. That's more important than whether or not, you know, this goes as I might like. My ability to negotiate this for myself is really fundamental to me being happy in this marriage. So... I need to practice it. And if Rick, you know, is my partner and my friend, it's good practice for him too. (laughs) That we have an open kind of ability to navigate what we want and who we are and that we can be friends in all that. 
rather than this kind of, I got to manage his feelings. And if I said, yes, now I really have to go through because now he's thinking we are going to go through with it. And, and he already knows I feel a little, I mean, I don't say he would do this because this is in the past, but you know, he already knows I said yes. So now he's going to pile on and see if he can get, you know, <laughs> a little more. Okay. Well, <laughs> but like, I think what I might say to myself is if he were to do that, I want to be a woman who can stay clear enough that I can respond to that in a meaningful way. Right. So I don't want to just get one vote in the marriage or just like that. I have to manage my husband's mind and giving up that job, but that may be what, what we need to think about next, because I think you're afraid to give up that job, which might be part of your difficulty discerning what you're responsible for and what you're not. But maybe before we go to that, we could like think through this a little bit. Uh, more you know I think this ability to feel that I can choose all along the way is just essential to any collaborative partnership now that's different than some people say wouldn't that be manipulative if you say you're interested and then your spouse is really aroused and then you say I've changed my mind well it would be manipulative if it's manipulative you know if you're doing it to just make them feel helpless or something But if it's because something comes up in the interaction that's significant for you and it's making your arousal go down and you're saying, wait, this is a big deal for me, what just happened or whatever, or even I'm just getting very anxious. It's not anything you're doing. I just am finding myself overwhelmed. Can we just back off for a bit? And I just want to keep working with myself, right? That's a collaborative frame because you're staying honest, you're staying engaged and you're taking responsibility for yourself. So that's just essential to any good partnership is that capacity in both partners is to stay honest and carrying their own weight. So just tell me what that means to you, if it makes sense to either of you, you know. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I Not long ago, her putting the brakes on in the middle would have punctured me. I would have fallen apart for sure. Mm-hmm. So I know there's some fear. I've gotten to a better place where I can feel that she is more important than sex, that her as a partner and companion is more important than our sexual relationship, I guess. So yeah, yeah, I feel like if something were to come up and you said, I got to stop, I hope I'd be able to handle it okay. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe we should think about that for a minute too, because it might be part of why Sarah gets thrown off in it. But, But yeah, I mean, I think what I would say is, she is a person, this friendship is more important than our sexual relationship. I might say it a little differently, which is she is a person, our partnership is more important than me having the feeling of control or validation that I want right now. Yeah. And if we're going to have a good sexual relationship, I need to handle myself. Because us having sex right now is not the same thing as a good sexual relationship. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So it's more like, because she matters to me and because I also matter, I don't want to have my immediate need for control or validation interfere with something more important happening between us. Uh huh. So it's not even a devaluation of sex. It's a devaluation of bad sex. <laughs> yeah. Or devaluation of self-service in the immediate sense against the larger goal. Uh huh. So think Rick for a minute, just so I can better map how Sarah has thought about this in the past. I know you're saying you've made some real improvements, but in the past, if Sarah had said, yes, I want this. And then 
started to change her mind, get anxious, you know, start saying, I'm not so sure I want this. Why would that be so hard to handle? It would have felt invalidating, or I probably would have taken it personally on some level that I've done something wrong, that I, I would have felt bad or guilty. I would have been embarrassed. Um, I don't want to hurt her ever. And I, yeah, I think I would have taken responsibility or blame for her sudden change of heart mm-hmm. and just reacted poorly to it. Maybe. And tell me about that reaction. Like, how would you have handled that sense of blame or criticism? Um, withdraw. I, I would have gotten very anxious and quiet and kind of pulled away. Um, mm-hmm. And it would have looked like pouting or disappointment. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's what it would have been, but that's probably how it would have appeared. Well, I would imagine it's actually is both things like that. You are in fact feeling like I'm getting rejected. I feel terrible. Why is it? She's not attracted to me. Why doesn't she want me? So it's very, very self focused, but it's also because your sense of self, at least, you know, has in the past been so entangled with one another. It is also why won't she give me the love I want? Why won't she make me feel desirable? Why won't she do this? So the pulling away and pouting is not a kind of self-confronting, deep responsibility for who am I in the partnership. It's more like, I feel bad. Do the right thing and make me not feel bad, Sarah. And so then Sarah's like, oh my gosh, this is half my job and my husband's spiraling. I better produce which is, of course, antithetical to desire and freedom, which is what drives passion, is that freedom. Okay, that, that's very helpful. So how would you think about it now, Rick, if you had your best brain on and Sarah says, I know I initiated, I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed and I just need to step back. I hope I would say, no problem, it's okay, let's be done and let's cuddle or what, what do you need or what would you prefer? Mm-hmm. And I think I would, I would be fine with that. Good. And then what would you do inside your head? Any debates or struggles that would be going on in there? <laughs> I mean, if you're like any of us who are trying to push ourselves into a better, you know, frame when we're getting triggered or any idea what you'd be saying to yourself? I think I would just try to not make it about me and to just focus on her and her needs and her fears or her anxiety and kind of be her support and her rock instead of asking her to be mine, which is what mm-hmm. I've done through sex mm-hmm. so much in the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm strong enough now that she can lean on me in her time mm-hmm. of need instead of me mm-hmm. being the, the needy one leaning mm-hmm. on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's good. I think, you know, and, and she may want and need to lean on you, but the thing that is the most helpful is to regulate your own sense of self because then Sarah's free to just figure out her own dysregulation. What happens in lots of couples is both get dysregulated and then the anxiety is infecting each other. Yes. <laughs> and the, you know, and, and so it's very hard to figure out what's what right now. 
I appreciate what you're saying, which is I she's kind of done so much management of me and sex that if anybody should be managing, I should help her. But I think, you know, you're pointing in exactly the right direction, which is it isn't about me. I mean, this is how I might think about it, which is I'm glad I'm glad you said that, Sarah, because I really do want us to be able to navigate this always. It's always more important than us having sex. And I care about you. And if you want to talk about it, I'm happy to talk about it or think through it if it would be helpful. And then inside of yourself, just that if it is about me, then I would like to know because I want to deal with me, (laughs) but not because I want her to deal with me. (laughs) I want, if I'm doing something that is kind of aversive or in any way unpleasant for her, then it would be good for me to be privy to that understanding. Not so I have control over this, but so that I'm a better lover, so I'm a better friend. If it's about her, then letting her have her struggle is the kindest thing I can do and just settle myself, give her that space. It's when we're able to calm ourselves down, we're much more able to be a source of strength for our loved ones than when we ourselves are also spiraling. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like to overfunction. I know that. Yeah. That's, that's probably where my brain goes is, okay, let me overfunction and yeah, take care of you so that you don't have to take care of yourself. Yeah. And it looks so much better than it is, in the, but it's so much about control. If I go solve and I help you, yeah, then, you know, you'll get this all worked out and I'll feel better <laughs> rather than, <laughs> right. Rather than I don't have control over this. I just have control over who I am in this. Mm-hmm. So give me what your thoughts are listening to Rick. I just felt really safe listening to what he was mm-hmm. saying. And yeah, I know it's true because we've, mm-hmm. we've been in situations recently. Mm-hmm. That I, I know I should be able to trust him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So just yeah. My self permission to to be in the here and now and not focus yeah. on the past. Yeah. Well, and even if Rick were to lose his way, you know, like one night he's stressed, he's got, and he forgets and he regresses, or you don't have to trust that he will always get this right. To access the rest of this episode and more coaching sessions like this one, visit the link to the website in the show notes below. There you can learn more about the podcast and subscribe to it. Become an annual subscriber today. Annual subscribers receive exclusive benefits that you can't get anywhere else, including an opportunity for a free coaching call with Dr. Finlayson Fife, priority access to her live events, a free 30-minute e-course on creating a better sex life, and bonus content such as episodes and Facebook Lives. We are so excited about launching Room for Two and giving you access to more of Dr. Finlayson Fife's wisdom and insight. We hope that you'll subscribe, listen, and gain value from the episodes. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Dr. Finlayson Fife and the work that she does, check out the links in the show notes below to find her website, online courses she offers, 
information on upcoming events, and her free Facebook group.